All right, welcome to another episode of Trust Sports. Always in the middle with me, my guy. Uh, I don't know, to the left, to my side, it's to the right of me. To the, right, to the right of me, my guy, Liam Stokes. What's going on, my guy? Leek, what's up? What's up, man? What's going on? But be- before we get into the sports, um, you know, it's, it's actually outside of that before we start. I want to get out there. And we're going to do an announcement. Me and Liam have a lot of stuff cooking up in the works to get this together because it kind of just happened naturally and organic um, to where we are with Trust Sports. But when we talk about In Those We Trust podcast, what this is going to be, what it's going to look like, we have to think of this as a network. In Those We Trust is a network. That's why you see the YouTube as In Those We Trust network. Uh, and then we're still going to have In Those We Trust podcast in which I'll be bringing on guests to interview them. Uh, get some information out of them, get some game back, and the reason why I started this podcast. By the same token, to have content and to keep talking about sports with my guy Liam, we are going to have Trust Sports as its own entity still coming under the Trust Network uh, on, on the YouTube as well. So everyone's been asking me, are you just turning to sports? What is this going to look like? It's, it's going to be the same thing. We're just going to have weekly content of sports as well as the guests that come on um, with my guy Liam. Uh, but... I wanted to touch on one thing that's besides the point of sports, uh, and I'm always nervous in involving these type of topics into uh, this entity, but as someone who works in higher education and who is very vigilant when they're out and about walking, whether it be the movie theaters, wherever I'm at, it's become a norm now, if you don't like that in America, that you are just, I don't know, you are... um, just not moving with awareness because of the country we live in. And I have these debates all the time when it comes to gun laws. What's the way to solve this? I don't know. That's why I'm not in those leadership positions. But there's another active shooter uh, that happened at a school in Tennessee, a Catholic school in Tennessee, where, what was it, uh, three or four nine-year-olds? I think, um, yeah, let me see. I want to look it up, get the information correct. So there was... Uh, the victims, yeah, three nine-year-olds, and then I think three faculty. Yes. And I am so, like, everyone has gotten on news, and, and it was, I feel the last active shooter that we had, case that we had, uh, was where we had coaches in the sports realm. You had Steve Kerr crying, because people don't yeah. know about the story of Steve Kerr. Uh, Steve Kerr's, did you, did you ever see that story? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think after that, like, I saw some stuff come out. Of oh, it. really? Before that. Yeah. Yeah, people don't know, but Steve Kerr's father died, um, was killed because of a revolt where he was out of the country at teaching at like a, a university or a college, and there was a revolt there, and they got into the school, and they killed him. He was shot and killed out of school. So this is something near and dear to his heart, and we see the pain that these parents have to go through with sending your kids to school, and it makes so many parents like yeah. we're left with this lifestyle of we have no other option because parents have to go to work, and they're they're leaving their kids there. To, to be schooled and, and in the care of the school and they're not protected. And what country do we live in where we don't even protect our own kids to go away to school, man. And it's like, how do you solve this? I've had many debates and it's just heartbreaking that I feel like when I was a student in Palmyra, I never thought about this happening. There was always those jokes. So it's like that one kid who wore a trench coat, like, Oh yeah, be careful yeah. him. But we never yeah. were like in today's times. Like if I were a student now and I saw a kid like that, he has to be reported being washed over yeah. in some manner, but it, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is, man. And I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers out to, you know, For everybody sure. involved. But I even saw somebody say, like, at this point, like, thoughts and prayers, like, you, it doesn't even, at this point, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, this yeah. has just become an unfortunate norm 
for us. I mean, you turn on the yeah. news, it seems like every every other month, every other week, and, and there's a new incident. And it's it's right. You're right. It's heartbreaking. I mean, there's children involved. There's there's educators involved. There's the police force. I think two two cops died trying to go in and 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 save it. And oh, really? Just, I didn't hear that. I think so. Yeah. And it's just like it's so it's it's so unfortunate that that this is just becoming a norm. And every time, you know, like you said, people bring it up. The sports world, we've seen people bring it up, and it gets to put to the forefront for what'll this be until yeah, Thursday? We, yeah. And then and then we'll wait until the next one happens. So. I don't know. I, I like you just said, perfectly said. We're not in those leadership positions for this reason because I, I don't know what the answer is at this point. But I think the most frustrating part is it seems like no real traction has been gained on any possible solution at all. Yeah. And yeah. again, it just seems like these things are happening constantly to where we are all heartbroken as a nation once again, and we will be that for a little bit until the next one happens, and then the <laughs> next one happens. So I just I hope that you know, our, our leaders will actually yeah, right. do that and lead. I have the debate all the time of like gun control. I don't believe in, uh, in gun control. I believe everyone should have the right to bear arms, right? I believe that, you know, I want to have a gun for my own household. Yeah, and agreed. But I think that there's a level, and I had this debate with my friend at the gym where he said it doesn't matter, like, you know, ak forty seven so like that. I'm like, why does someone own that? Like, why can't it just be handheld? You're like, you get the same thing with a handheld. I'm like, you don't. Like in my eyes, I don't know. You know, I don't know everything about guns. I have, I'm not experienced enough in that in that fashion. But it's like I don't think that I think there there has to be a better system to ha be had. Like there's not like like when you had the guy in Vegas, like outside yeah. the the hotel room, yeah. he had like an army's worth of guns. It's like and I think he bought them. So it's like maybe these are the things that like uh, it should be red flags that come up in the systems when you see someone have like multiple of these guns why do you have all these guns an investigation like so, someone should be looking into these things like, i don't care what we have to do or bring it down but if we're in the hundreds of cases a year of mm -hmm. of active shooter school shootings like that is just unparalleled like ridiculous and we talk about american pride we talk about america being one of the greatest countries but when i look around this is some third world shit that you yeah. see going on and it's like it's unbelievable but something got to change something has to change it does and again i, I don't the the another unfortunate part about it it all is but i mean what else, like what else can we do like i said it's up yeah. to our leaders to actually step up and you know change something um yeah. We're, yeah. i mean begging for it everyone's begging for change and nothing's changing if i was a parent right now i'd be so disappointed with our system because it's like as a parent you're just so scared right now and it's like you're like yeah now it happened to me now it happened yeah. to me. Now you're getting to the point where you're seeing cases of students who were involved in multiple school shootings. I know. Like, that is bonkers to me, bro. Like, that's, that's bonkers. I think, um, did you see the one thing? Um, we might have even talked about it here uh, with the Michigan State. Yeah. That happened earlier this year. And there was a student at Michigan State that was at the Sandy Hook shooting all those yeah. years ago. Like, that's just like, it's crazy. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. It's wild, man. Hey, but all we could do is hope to fight. If, if there's anything we could do, let us know. And we'll yeah. try to push the efforts as much as we can. Um, turning the tides on some brighter news. Uh, new segment called Trust of the Week. This is a segment in which uh, we have come up with to talk about something in our lives, sports, whatever it may be that you have come to, to believe in, to like, no matter what, I can trust in this doing something for me. Liam, do you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah, let's do go it, ahead. man. Let's do it. Um, I know we'll touch on Major League Baseball a little bit later, but I'm going to trust in Major League Baseball because by the time this podcast even comes out, opening day will have come and gone. 
And yeah. uh, Malik, I think we touched on a few weeks ago when March Madness was ramping up. I told you that this was really my favorite time of year between March Madness and, and the insanity that's going on there. Opening day, spring is blooming. The nice weather's coming for us here on the East Coast. This is true. It's opening day is like a holiday. Like it really is a holiday. We should all get off work for it. Um, obviously, my Phillies, the defending National League champs, can't wait for them to get back out there. They open at Texas. Um, your bum ass Yankees play the Giants at home. Again, I think all the games are on Thursday, but I'm going to trust in Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball does a lot of things wrong. And again, we'll touch on another funny thing that happened uh, yeah, with yeah, my yeah. Phillies the other day. But the one thing that they get right is opening day and the mm -hmm. spectacle that they make of it. It's an all-day mm -hmm. affair. Um, again, it just breeds new hope, new life into all of these teams. So I'm going to trust in baseball for this week. Opening day, opening week, and uh, I can't wait to get it rolling, man. What do, you, uh, what do you think about your Yankees this year? Hey, man, I'm excited. I think this is going to be the first year where I can actually dive into – like, I, I was there all offseason. I was seeing the moves being made in the offseason. I was watching spring training. Like, I haven't really been that involved because of college, and mm -hmm. I care more about football. But this year, being like, all right, we have this podcast. Let me take my time to be more invested in the Yanks. Um, of course, I was always that person who was, like, catching games here and there, checking the scores out. Like, I had I always had the schedule up. So if the schedule was out, I would always see, like, okay, when do they play Philly or when they're home so I can get some tickets. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for opening day. I feel like there's no better – feeling that opening day and everyone feels like they have the best opening day, but there's something about opening day in New York, Philly, like these big markets, like True. it's something about those big markets. I, I say I, I'm a, we're going to rate our trust a scale one to 10. I give that. And since we're sticking with sport for yours is sports. I'll get that out all the opening days. Hmm. I, that's it's top two in my eyes, but still I'll give that a 7.5. Cause I'm not the biggest, biggest baseball guy. That's fair. That's fair. Like I, I, I love said, this it's, start it's of the a holiday around, around these parts. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, exciting nonetheless. Again, this is it. We're getting near the end of basketball season. Um, college, obviously, wrapping up. So this is fun. And, again, in a sport where we've had this discussion before, maybe most people lose interest come June. It's yeah. always exciting when the season first starts. Hey, but you know what? You There's nothing you love more than when you see the – Philly's pinstripe with the white vans in the jean shorts and on the females. Like, there's something about, like, you're like, oh, it's in the air, and they go get a hoagie. Like, you know it's something. Like, yep. and all, when I think about baseball, I just think about Phillies, Yanks, Yanks in the, in the Frank, or I think about the Phillies and Wawa. Like, there's – and the Riverline. Like, that's what I think about when it comes to baseball season. Look, man, I know the Yankees have uh, <clears throat> struggled with some rotational injuries, but uh, listen – they got a chance to make the series. Obviously, the Phillies do. Hopefully, for the podcast, it's Phillies Yankees. Hopefully, for America, it's Phillies Yankees. Yeah, yeah. You know, crowd. But uh, yeah, I just I can't wait to get this thing rolling. What is okay? So let's say you have another year like you, the year you had, but you go down and play in the, in the World Series like you did. Is this like? Are you going to kill yourself this time going around? <laughs> like if you end up having this go around again? So this is like it's, and again, easy for me to say. There's no chance that they make it back and lose. I just don't see a way. Um, now, again, with that being said, the way that this torture chamber of being in second place has continued to go for me, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, but I almost, I mean, yeah, this, this one would be a lot different because last year the expectation was let's just make the playoffs. They had the second longest drought 
playoff drought in Major League Baseball that was like, let's just get over that hump. Went on this magical run, put up a fight against the best team in baseball over the last couple of years, really, and ended up losing. So, like, it's like, it's devastating, it's depressing, but if you have another great year, maybe you win the division, go through the playoffs again. Like, now those expectations are that much higher. You're going to go in this World Series, and instead of being that feisty underdog, you're yeah. going to be like, okay, this you're back-to-back National League champs. You better win this one. Now, percentage-wise, how many percentage players are back on this team again? A lot. A lot. Really? And to be okay, honest, okay. I think that, you know, you look at, like, core players. Um, you know, Bryce Your boy Harper, was throwing, di- hitting dingers in the U.S. thing, so he's fucking ready. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, your your biggest acquisition was the best shortstop in the league, the best player for the U.S. national team. I mean, the reason yeah. that they were there was Trey Turner. Um, yeah. But, I mean, all these important guys, like your top two in your rotation, are back. Um, the first baseman, Reese Hoskins, just tore his ACL, so he'll be oh, done. Shit. That's tough. But, I mean, like, yeah. Bryce Harper will be back from injury in around May or June. You still have the best catcher in baseball. Kyle Schwarber's the best power hitter, one of the best power yeah. hitters in baseball. And again, you added an elite shortstop. Bullpen's better. Like, I do believe the team got better, um, but the division's just nasty, too. So, we're going to have to see. Dude, I'm going to go off on Riverside. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, why? What happened? It just froze for me. Uh, you kept going though. That's fine. That's fine. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. Um, all right. I appreciate that. I'm, hey, we got. We definitely have to catch um a game. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm gonna go with mine. Trust of the week. Yep. And I got before before I go in, I have to preface this that legit last night me and Kat have a bet on weight loss until the end of June on who hits this and it's 300 bucks on the line. So I'm between off this you? between the two of us and it. And it, we made sure it's even of not who loses the most weight, but in comparison yeah, to body right. structures. My trust of the week goes back to my fat boy days of mm-hmm. the chocolate and peanut butter mix. In my eyes, there's nothing that tops that mix. That's one of my favorite mixes. I'm a big Reese's guy. Yep. But when I was thinking about this, I was like, what is my go-to snack if I have to hit the like wow real quick or if I'm in the supermarket that I'm like – even though I'm on my diet structure that I have to get if it's on sale. And for me, it's a tasty, tasty cake, oh, chocolate, shit. and peanut butter shit. Yeah. So I put half in the freezer, leave yeah, half of them out. So you go back and forth. But the chocolate, right now, when it comes to the holiday spirit, when it comes down to Easter and the the peanut butter and chocolate egg that's at Wawa at the front is tempting yeah. to you to grab. Got to grab one on your way out. Like that, in my eyes, is is I can is your go-to my trust. I, I can I trust and believe in no matter what that chocolate, if it's chocolate and peanut butter combination of any candy I've never heard of, it's gonna slap. So that's my trust of the week. Have you ever had the take the Reese's like take five bars? Nah, I don't think so. I gotta I, I gotta check them out. Chocolate, peanut butter, caramel, and a pretzel. It's fucking banging. Okay. I gotta it's, I gotta give that I gotta give that a try. Awesome. What do you what do you rank that trust? <sighs> chocolate peanut butter combo is it's unmatched, bro. Yeah. Um I got to rate that like an eight and a half. Okay. Now, the only reason I'm not giving you more is because you're talking to me about a weight loss challenge here. <laughs> and now you're going in, you're making yourself hungry. You're making yourself want to stop at Wawa and pick up a, a couple it's of tasty cakes. So you got to stay, stay strong. You know what it's I just sure. got before we dive into anything more? You ever heard of the brand Yasso? Oh, dude, if I show you my fridge right now, that's the, that's the only cheat I can do is the Yasso bars, the, the mint like chocolate chip. Bars and, oh, yeah. 
100 okay. calories. That's all they are. So I, I take two of them down at night. I'm Have good. <laughs> it's Have only 200 calories. Nah, I, I eat one at night, but 100 calories is nothing, bro. Yeah. And they're good. It's, it's all Greek yogurt. Yeah. Five and I, know it, I don't like Greek yogurt. I do not like Greek yogurt in itself. So that one doesn't even give me Greek yogurt vibes. Like, it's fucking good for 100 calories. So my whole freezer, that's all it is, is Yasa bars because Costco just had them on sale. So if you want to pick some up, they're at Costco right now on sale for a big-ass box I'm of 15. Yes, sir. Um... All right, want to move on to college ball, man? What a yeah. weekend! What an awful weekend in my eyes. Uh, it was, it was, it was all my, all my futures are gone. So I lost all yeah. my money. Any hope that I had is definitely gone. But for the first time ever, the number one seed is eliminated, um, and in, in going into a final four. That's for sure. Crazy to see. I've never seen it. This is the weirdest mix-up of teams that I have ever oh, seen. Yeah. Of Miami versus UConn and Florida. Is it? Is that Florida? Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. <laughs> I know you were watching it all weekend. I was coming in and out of the games. I was at the gym. I want to see. I think the game that we want to talk about is Crane versus San Diego, but I want to see what, what were your thoughts this weekend? Yeah. No, I, it's, um, dude, it's it's interesting. I mean, you said all your futures are gone. I, I think everybody's are. I mean, I don't know who in their damn right mind had FAU in the final four, but I damn sure didn't. Um, I think, you know, me, you, and Vaughn were texting about it all weekend, even a little bit before. UConn just looks like the powerhouse team that probably should roll over um, the next two games and end up winning the Natty. But um, it's weird. It's really it's really weird. And I know that one conversation that we wanted to have was, is this really good for college basketball? Because I think in the grand scheme, you want to say, like, yeah, it's exciting. There's new teams. But, you know, what makes this tournament so exciting is like that first round, right? Everyone fills their brackets out, and we have our bets, but but then you have an FDU versus Purdue, and, and no matter who you have, you're you're kind of like, fuck, I need to root for the underdog. You have Princeton and Arizona, where you're like, fuck, like I have Arizona in my Final Four, but fuck it, like I would rather see Princeton pull off this big upset. Yeah, that only goes so far. I think you looked at last year's Final Four, that was like the dream. It was Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova. Like four blue blood programs. Yeah, what man. would you rather watch? Duke and North Carolina in a Final Four or FAU and San Diego State? I mean, really. Now, so, here, so, so, so this is the thing, though. You're going off of branding. So branding, I truly think that we get the same, we get the same games, if anything, more exciting games to come out of this. Because when you look at the excitement of these games, forget a branding. Forget the top class, like the highest of the, the – no matter what – I think this is the best competition to go to because if you saw, I don't know the brackets, but let's say you just saw Florida Atlantic versus uh, number one when if yeah. Duke was number one, and they somehow schemed their way through, but they got to that point, you would see a blowout game. I feel like in these four games, you could see it go any way. Like it can go any way possible. You're still going to get the possibly. I feel like I'm, I'm putting my, you know, I'm putting on a line, but like I feel like you're going to get the that possible last shot three to win a game. Like I still think it's gonna it's gonna add up to its thing. But now are we excited to see this as if we were excited to see Duke versus UNC or right. something like that? Like that's where it comes into play as our question. Like in my eyes, I think it's still gonna give us the same thing we were looking for, some hype to go about it, but it's such a fucking weird, a weird matchup to see. It is, and I think three so San Diego State, FAU, and Miami, this is all their first ever Final Four appearance, I believe. And then UConn, that's like, you know, that's like a historic basketball program. I think they have the most national championships in the last fifteen years, twenty years. Um, so you have that there, but I mean, yeah, I think the anticipation more so is just 
you know, here are these new teams. Let's, I guess, you know, you got to give them all the credit in the world. I mean, FAU has won, what, now 35 games this year, like the most in the country. So at this point, throw out the seedings, kind of just look at the schools in general. Um, but it's, it's, it's really weird. And again, are we getting to a point where these lower-seeded schools or these smaller schools, are they getting better? Yeah. Are the bigger schools getting worse? A little bit of both. I know you and I talked about it. This is why the NIL, this is why the transfer portal is a good thing for college basketball, among other reasons, and for all of college sports, is because you see these dudes being able to transfer to these schools, whether it's going from a smaller program to a bigger one and making an impact, whether it's um, going from a bigger program to a smaller program and really like coming into your own. Look, point guard Marquise Noel for Kansas State. Yeah. He was a transfer from a tiny school that nobody really heard of. Now he's yeah. a household name. Yeah. So it's it's. I think it's, it plays more in the part when I was thinking about this, the transfer portal or NIL, right? When I was thinking about this, I think it comes in the fact that it now evened it out. Instead of have you're always going to have your big power schools, right? You're still going to have the guys that want to go play for Kentucky or these certain coaches. But I truly think it evens it out, and the players are like, I don't have to go here because they're going to be in the national championship. I can go anywhere as long as I know that recruitment class is going to be big. I can go bring up the program as well. And if it's if you know if it sucks. See ya. I'm out. Like yeah. I, I can, I can transfer pretty quickly. Yeah. I can trust and just, you know, make. Let me go make a name, get tape at. Let, let's just say Florida Atlantic. Let me go put yeah. some tape in. If we go, we go. But if we don't, I can easily dip out and let me go. All right, this year, you know what? Kentucky's the powerhouse. Let me go play for Kentucky real quick and go get myself into the draft. Like it gives you that accessibility. But I think it even shit out that players now are not afraid to go to these schools now they know that i can maneuver a lot a lot easier than what i used to be stuck into with a pretty much like a deal like I, i'm stuck in this yeah. deal i really can't get out of it i'm in a contract with these guys if i have to add the process is too strenuous like i just think it sure. even it out and i can i can bring more in i think it's it's what this final four is showing like players to be like oh shit it just put more schools in the map this, this is what it does it brings your recruits in yeah. coaching yeah. in as well the conversation that needs to be had is is this the worst? Not not worse. Yeah, I would say worse. Is this the worst um, team blowing it that we have ever seen in Alabama? Alabama team being number one going into it, having a shitty ass March Madness time, just squeaking by, and it's all to play for the year that they've had. And I think it starts at the helm of the coach. This coach being one of the worst coaches. I mean, I went back and watched that game, and one thing they missed out on is. That coach is is on vacation right now with two timeouts left. Tell yeah, me anyone yeah. you know that's yeah. going. Uh, and again, like I don't watch basketball that often, but I know if if, if it's eleven, like they were on an eleven score run, you call timeout, you fucking end it. Like I, I don't know, I don't, and I don't call timeout with my number one defense. Like I, you know, like certain things that I'm picking up on. Again, I don't listen to sports, I don't watch basketball like that, but it's these little things that I've watched over time to be like, how do you, if you not run your timeouts? You leave with two timeouts sitting there, like. Yeah. Bad coaching all the way around. Awful coach uh, in my eyes. That player that is involved in that whatever, awful. He played like shit. And again, I told Liam, when, when it comes to these big time things, people forget the little things fuck, and I'm a believer in the little things fucking matter. Well, this was a big thing for Alabama that, that happened to them. And they let the shit try to escape under the rug, and what happened? It got pulled from under you, and now you're sitting on the, on the beach right now. Those little fucking things matter, man. And, and controlling yeah. your place, controlling the system, it goes a long way. And this is, again, I'm sure you see this from Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. That coach probably harps on the little fucking things matter yeah. to get you to the Final Four. And it worked. It shows. 
Yeah, I think um, one of one of my favorite stories, I believe it was, um, I forget who the player was, but played under John Wooden at UCLA. And when he got there, normally as a freshman, you have 0% chance of playing. Like back in those times, junior, seniors getting the run. When you come in, you know, you're kind of used as a practice squad player. You're going to build yourself up, then you'll be on the starting rotation. So it was a big-time recruit. He was a freshman. He was coming out. And John Wooden saw him one day on how he tied his shoes. And apparently he was doing it wrong. And you really don't think that I can tie my shoes right or wrong a certain way. But John Wooden would make his guys all pull their socks up one by one in the same way, tie their shoes the same way so that they're nice and tight. But it's like you go in and say, it's, it's these little things, these small details that actually matter. You can't just go out and act like you're going to perform every single game. It's these small things that matter. And like you said, in Alabama's case, it was a big thing. That probably who's to say was eating this kid up all the all this time. Yeah, yeah. coach is getting all this heat, and now half of his mind isn't on the basketball court. He's saying yeah. all this dumb shit. He's got Nick Saban making yeah, fun of him at a press yeah, yeah, conference. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. I mean, apparently they're really close. Apparently, him and Nick Saban are really close. And I saw, I did see a clip of Barstool. The I forget the guy's name. Um, he's a huge Alabama fan, and he was like, he, he uh, Saban. It was just a mistake by Saban, and they were like, no. Saban doesn't have coincidences. Saban yeah. doesn't make these mistakes. He knew exactly what the yeah, fuck yeah. he was saying, especially if they're close. Apparently, he was at the practice. Nick Saban like went to their practice, or he went to their practice, something, something like that, and they were talking. And the coach actually spent some time on summer training with Nick Saban to understand, you know, coaching at this level and stuff like that. So he they, he fucking knows. Like when you fuck up, you fucked up. Um, but yeah, it's a shot. I love. I love. And if I ever become a coach, I think I'll be obsessive of those little things. I'm very superstitious. I'm very like. Fuck, what could we have done differently that we didn't win? What did that team do different? Did they run one extra sprint? Did they do one extra hour of something? Did, they, did we not go hard enough this one day? Did that, did that make the difference in, in the summer? Like, I'm that guy, like, fuck, we should have did this differently. So I'm definitely, uh, the little things matter. Like, I think that's the bell for me with football. Like, we couldn't look a certain way. Like, we all had to look the same. We all got the same socks. Unless you were a senior, you earned it. You could have, you know, a fucking Nike sock over a sock. Like, if that, that was the most you could do. So... I don't know, but one thing you put on my record on, on into my eyes was the Crane versus San Diego State ending. I want to hear what you have to say. They're comparing this to the the hold of it was the, exactly that. It was literally exactly that. Do you think it was a foul? So again, it's it's funny that it's it's the argument because as I'm watching it live, you know, the the announcers they're split and do you call it? Yes, it's a foul, but do you call it? Um, at the post game. They're literally like split down the middle. It's like if a foul, you call a foul. Then the other ones, it's like, well, you played that entire game and not one hip check was called that entire game. But now with one second left with the game on the line. So it was funny that it's literally the same Eagles Chiefs argument because it was the same fucking play. And no, I'm sticking to my guns. Like in terms of basketball, yes, it was a foul. But oh my God, not, here comes the Eagle bias shit. It is not Eagle bias. It's just, just this is my stance on it with the Eagles and now with this game. If you called it before, if you know that this uh, is what you're expecting, it's the same exact thing. And we talked about it. And my man Jay Wright, former Villanova coach, he said the same thing. Look, if you called that two, three times in the course of the game, totally fair. You call you're calling your game. You're calling a fair game. This is what your expectation was as a referee to let these guys know. And I mean, I don't know. It's 
It's okay. fucking tough. Here's the thing. Tough. Was it coming from an inbound? It was an inbound play. The dude was about to drive. And inbound play. Okay, so that's different in my eyes. So inbound play to the basket, I feel like you're, you're calling that no matter the time of the game. Bringing it down the court and I don't I don't fucking know I don't know I see it as a foul because of, of of placement of the hand on the hip and in the air especially in my eyes that's a foul I don't take in the like again I don't I don't I don't go for the bullshit like at the time of the game you don't call that I don't I don't subscribe to that news because in my eyes if it wasn't called again it was missed then like and that in my eyes that's what it is it's do you do you get angry at the makeup call also. Like, do you get angry at that? Like, that's where I, that's where my that's where I lied. Like, I, call it. It's a foul like in my said, eyes. Call it if you if you called it with ten minutes left in the first half. If you called it with two minutes left in the first half. If you called it with seven thirty left in the second half, then yes, call it again with one or two seconds left. But if this is again, you know, <laughs> as, as, as these guys on the court, what you might be able to get away with and what you can't get away with. If they're letting the guys play the last two minutes of the game where things are getting a little bit chippier and chippier, they're letting these these guys just go, and then you call that little foul, which it wasn't like the dude was decked. I mean, let's yeah. be real. He was tapped, yeah, on the, yeah. tapped on the hip. It probably didn't even alter the shot. The kid airballed it, missed it by a foot somehow anyway, and then almost missed the two free throws. No, he didn't airball it. That shot, it, yeah, it didn't come close. No, it hit, all, it hit off the rim. No, I don't think it did. Oh, I, I have to go back a while. I felt, like, I felt like it hit the front of the rim and bounced back. I, I had to I had to go back and see, but I know I, I feel like it hit the front of it. Either way, the the change, especially when it comes to the air, like in the air type of play. Again, Eagles one is a lot more egregious. I can give you that one, but this one was he was in the air and getting pushed. It's a lot different. Now, if let's say in the Eagles one, you have uh, what what the fuck, what's his name? If it was actual physical contact as he goes up, you would stick by. He's called that call because no matter what, it's. In the time of trying to make the catch, uh, again, the egregious came from it was not even possible to make the catch. Again, it was possible for him to make that bucket now. Now he's altered in the air. He can't. He physically cannot make the bucket he's altered. So that's where I come from. It's a foul. It's a foul. And it's, yeah. And that's what, again, it was just, I think I was texting. I was like, dude, like, there, everything we talk about with the Eagles, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, do you call? Like, does it matter that it's at the end of the game? Yeah, yeah, Whatever. Yeah. They were having the exact argument. Every sportsman, they come full circle, but I... <laughs> You feel bad for that Creighton team, I guess. But, again, at the end of the day, just like we talked about with the Eagles, no sport at all comes down to just one play. Yeah. You had your other chances to win it. So. I don't know. Is college basketball that one where it does? Because it's so it's so evenly matched to, 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 like, one, one. Like, it's, I feel like that, that like, especially when it comes to college basketball, you can't pull that out. It was a call away or something like that. I don't know. Like, if they went on a run and they came back, that's different. But was it a close game the whole game? Well, I mean, again, like just looking at the stats, like yeah, it was it was back and forth. But Creighton shot two of seventeen. That's eleven percent from deep. So, are we going to blame the one call, or are we going to call? You know, yeah, yeah look yeah. at the fifteen three pointers that we just bricked during the course of that. <laughs> game. What yeah. what had a bigger impact there? I so, again, it's 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 tough either way. But listen, that's just that's how it goes. I feel like it's going to be. Uh, even though San Diego State is ranked higher, I think it's going to be Florida Atlantic versus UConn and UConn to win it. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, San Diego State, it's going to be interesting because San Diego State's such a tough defensive team. Yeah. And FAU can score with the best of them, as we've seen in the tournament. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it feels like it feels like FAU has more firepower to kind of win the game if it is going to be close at the end. Yeah. And then in terms of UConn and Miami – 
hats off to Miami. What an incredible comeback that was. Talk about another blowing it, Texas. Yeah. Um, Yo, Texas gets the bad rap in everything, bro. They get the horns down all the fucking time, bro. They never can get a win. They deserve to get the horns down. I think they were up like like 10 with three minutes left. Yeah. And they fucking lost. But UConn (laughs) is just like playing on another world right now. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, All right. I want to move on to Lamar and Laramie uh, Tunsil. So, yeah, I want want to relate this back to one another. Do you remember Laramie Tunsil from the draft? Of course. Right. So he was a player that, if you don't know, he was a player that at at the time of the draft, it came out like a picture of him or video of him taking like a bong rip out of the mask. Gas mask. Out of the gas mask. Which This is why I love, um, what's the old punter for the Colts? Dave uh, McAfee. McAfee called up all the execs. It was like, yo, uh, we need to take this guy. And you're like, what? Are you crazy? Like, I just want to let you know how hard it is to take that and not even cough. So his lungs and his in-shape abilities is crazy. (laughs) Fucking draft this guy. Yeah. And he's fucking right. And he's 100% right. So this is where we relate to him, right? Laramie Tunsil now is a a left tackle. Goes out with no representation on his own strength with the Texans. And goes out. And manages to become the highest paid tackle ever with the $75 million contract, $50 million guaranteed for three years. It's his second time in his career getting a Being contract that makes him the highest paid tackle. And guess what? He's only fucking, what is it? He's 28. So in yep. three years, he's going to get another one. Yep. So one of the It'll smartest the players. Yep, get, get get paid again, right? One of the smartest smartest players. You might say like the reason a left tackle is paid so much is because they're the best best protection for your quarterback, right? And on the other side, we have Lamar Jackson, who can't get a contract done, and the news just hit that he's demanding a trade and wants to be traded. I do not think that I was talking to some people. I actually was a, it was a Ravens fan, and when the news hit that night, I went to the gym. A guy had a Ravens hat on, and I was like, "You guys are fucking dumb." This goes out to Javon and everything. I'm like, you guys are yep. dumb, man. Pay this fucking guy. And this guy looked at me and said, I'm kind of happy. I, I don't want Lamar. And I was like, do you, wait, I was like, do you watch football? Or like, you just like, yeah, you're, a fan? Be, you're from Baltimore. Like, where are you from? He's like, no, I watch like, like, I don't care. Like, look what he's done. He's always hurt. And I was like, how long has he been there? I don't know the statistics, but I was like, he's like, I think he's been there five years. I was like, cool. How many times you guys went to the playoffs? He's like three. I was like, so you guys went to the playoffs three times off the strength of just him alone. And he has had one weapon in his tight end Andrews. Yeah, that is true. That is it. And you're telling me that you don't care for him because he's hurt? Maybe put the fucking people around him. He won't be hurt. Maybe if it's not all on him every single time, he won't be hurt. He's in the debate. If you put him on the Eagles, it's the same type of thing. Him and Jalen Hurts. In my eyes, like I put them like they're a fucking quarterback. Do I think Jalen Hurts can throw a little better than him? Yes. But I think when I look at arm, ability, and I don't see why he's any different than him with his abilities. And you can't pay this man? This to me is the biggest – if he gets traded – Baltimore, get ready for a fucking year, oh, a yeah. decade of just fuckery because you just lost a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback in this guy. And it makes you question, what is behind the scenes going on? I know his mom is his agent. What is going on behind the scenes that led to this decision to make? Because we're not seeing it. We're not hearing him talk a lot at all. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because, you know, first and foremost, that dude, he's definitely coping. He knows that it's over, and if he knew Lamar was coming back, he would not be saying, oh, yeah, I'm fine without him. Uh, I think he's won, like, 75% of his games ever. Um, Yeah, you don't just say, like, yeah, I'm fine without a dude like that. Um, But it's funny. Lamar knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. He sent out that tweet. 
saying he requested a trade the day that all the GMs were together. Like, all these NFL meetings for the draft and shit right now are going on. The first day, he sends out a tweet that said, yeah, earlier in the month, I requested a trade. Now everyone and their mother knows. And I think there was a picture of John Harbaugh's table and the amount of media that was surrounding. You couldn't even see him in <laughs> like, in the fold of it. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing, and it's the weirdest part to Is me. putting the pressure on them, you're saying, even more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Putting the pressure okay. on, also saying, like, yo. If a deal's going to get done, fucking, yo, another yeah. team, come and get me. Like, walk yeah. across the room and go talk to the other GM. Um, we've had this conversation before of, you know, when you are your own agent and you're going about it in this way, and even if you had some uh, representation, that is a war room in negotiations, especially for a contract of this magnitude. You know, I think we said it two, three weeks, like, what if the Ravens say some shit to him that he's like, fuck you, yeah. I'm done. Like, this can't yeah. be repaired. You showed your true colors, like, I'm out. Um, but the most interesting thing to me right now is why isn't half the league calling the Ravens? Yeah. I mean, you have an MVP, what is he, 26, 27? Yeah. I don't, I don't give a fuck if you, have, if you know you're not going to get him. If you don't have a solution at quarterback – Fucking call and see what the cost yeah. is to get him. Yeah, like the so there's something there's something weird going on. Maybe yeah. his injuries are worse than we think. Yeah, um, maybe he's not fully healthy. Maybe he is asking for an astronomical number that teams are just like, dude, we can't give you that. I don't know, but to, it's it's really the whole situation is, is really weird and unfortunate. Because when I looked at it, I was just like, it just it, it makes no sense because. There's teams out there like the Colts, the uh, the the Falcons, who are out yeah. there like that and need these players. And people were talking about he is a hard quarterback to get into a new system because you have to change your whole system, change your whole fucking system. Well, yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what to fucking tell you. It's it's not like you're just drafting <laughs> a fucking left-handed quarterback like a fucking like some schmo from college. Like it's fucking Lamar Jackson. Like what are we doing here? Like this guy has been in studs since he was in fucking high school. Like. In Miami, like you know, like what are we talking about here? Like I would change everything. I, you know what? Yeah. Get rid of my whole fucking the, the offensive line. Let's get offensive linemen that are fucking can protect even crazy, can pass protect like crazy. And, and I don't know what to tell you. Get an officer, see your officer coordinator. I'm sorry, you're my best friend. Fuck you, you're out of there. I, I, I need someone that can run the spread and run his type of offense to have success with him. We going to win a chip. What are we talking I mean, about here? I mean, if you're Washington or Atlanta or Indy. What system are you worried about changing anyway? It's really you fucking have if if you're if you're in need of a quarterback like these teams should be. And again, like Atlanta's been the one name. Let's just say, for example, like the system that you had, the best system you've ever had, blew a twenty-eight to three lead in the fucking Super Bowl. If yeah. you're worried about changing your system, you have bigger issues on hand. And who's been in the system of both those places, the Falcons and Indy? Like it's it's been your boy, uh, yeah. Ryan. It's <laughs> yeah, fucking Ryan. Ryan. You mean you don't want to get right of the Ryan system? I mean, yeah. the, the Falcons yeah. went and got. Oh no, did they cut Mariota? Uh, well, he was a free agent and signed with the Birds. Oh, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. But he was with the Falcons, so they tried it with yeah, him, yeah. and it didn't work out. So yeah, I don't know. It, I don't. Yeah. It's funny to me that you have this guy. Or you have uh, Larry Tunsil, who was just able to, in one in one false swoop, twice become the highest paid lineman. Two was canceled in, in draft media. That just goes to show you the bullshit with the draft doesn't fucking matter. If I was that coach, it's like, okay, we're going to be the news for drafting this guy. He's a fucking stud. I don't care. Like, let's be, I, that's why I would let's be. be real. Like, everything else that comes out about these players, like the 
fucking domestic violence charges that we see I, like yeah. twice a year at the very least like yeah. smoking weed I, come on bro like he was in fuck he's a college kid the, more, it, the worst part about that picture is it looked a little scary because he's like six eight four hundred pounds yeah in a, in a mask like yeah. other than that man if he's talented and likes to have a little fun in the offseason who gives a shit like pat mcafee said i i know i don't smoke but pat mcafee said hey if I were to take a ball kid that, I would be on the floor fucking about to throw up. The fact that he yeah. just grown man that shit and moved on tells you his lung space is crazy right now. And I was like, that's a great take, Pat Mack. That's a great fucking take. All right. Um, moving on to our last one. The Phillies catcher. Yeah. Now, we, we talked about baseball in the beginning a little bit. JT uh, getting ejected for moving his glove away. As a pass catcher, do you know why I, I became a catcher as well? No. So rest in peace to Josh Rich. So Josh Rich was actually my catcher in Babe Ruth. Mm. And Josh Rich was in high school. And he would come to the games fucking hungover. And he didn't want to fucking catch in the games. I never caught. Like, I didn't catch until my eighth grade year in fucking in middle school. I, I never played catcher. Like, I always was just like a like, – I played shortstop, infield, and stuff like that. I had to step up and be catcher. And I hated it. In high school, I fucking hated catching. But our JV team had no catcher. We had, we had what, one? And it was a senior who's fucking sucked oh, dog shit. dick. Um, but it, that, that's and, and when I when I thought back to this story, I was like, there's only been one time when I ever showed up a uh, um where I had a strike right down the middle and I didn't move my glove. Like I just held that bitch there and yeah. um whispered in my ear like, yo, if you ever do that again, I will throw you out. And I was like, understood. Sorry about that. Moving on. This is not the case. This is a simple. And when you watch the video back in slow motion, you see JT. It, it's it, like it's, there's a misunderstanding. And this goes back to now the umps having a lot of control in the game now with this clock, with with the management of the game, that they're in control of this game, that without even a warning, it's a simple conversation like, yo, what are you doing, bro? You show him you up? Like, like, that's it. And he went to automatically, see ya, you're out of here. We're seeing these umps now having some fucking, like, you're standing me up, but they're the fucking players. And you see him just go back. I I mean, in the big leagues, you do it so often, they don't even look back anymore. They're just like, give me the ball. Whereas I always stood up, give me the ball, throw it back to the ump. Yeah. But it's simple. He held the glove there. I think he was quick with it. But it's, again, repetition. They do it so often that they're so used to, like, the ump's fast with it, putting the glove. It fell. The pitch before that, he threw it back to the pitcher. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the, ump threw like... it back. the ump threw it back to Craig Kimbrell. And then the next, like, the, it, it happened, like, a second later almost to where I guess JT, like, went back. Held it for a second or two. Didn't yeah. feel it in his glove. It was probably like, all right, like he's, he's going to throw it back himself. Like he literally just fucking did. My whole thing with this, and this goes for any sport, because we see it a lot in the NBA. Players can get fined and suspended for their actions on and off the court. More specifically, talking about the refs uh, or the umps or whatever. We need to start making these umps and these refs held accountable. If something like that happens, fine him. Suspend him. Do something. But like you just said, they're getting more and more control and like such small fucking dick energy from that guy to be like, oh, he just showed me up in a spring training game. Like, I'll show him. Like, uh, you know, honestly, dude, thank you for doing that. You probably got JT some more rest that he was fine getting. Um, but these, they need to be held accountable now for these actions because sometimes they are so fucking bad. And when you do something like that, you, you need to be reprimanded in any job. If yeah. any job you mess up that bad, you get you get reprimanded for it. And especially in these leagues, like we see players and coaches get fined and suspended left and right and nothing. Nothing. I'd like uh, 
talking on the pitch clock there, I forget the pitcher where he's at. He's like it's like Schwarzberg or something like that. Schwaring maybe I don't know. He's a pitcher somewhere, and he pitches really fast. Like he pitches really really fucking fast, and he's using this clock and his advantage. But it's only helping him out because he's one of those pitchers who yeah, always pitch yeah. fast. So it's funny to see like how some pitchers are going to have to change their. I, I really am interested in seeing how this season progresses of how many pitchers either a complain about it like. I just my, I'm shot like my our bullpen is done because they're they're doing so many more pitches in the game, mm-hmm. like it's just like I don't know I, I want to see how that makes it how that changes them as well. I didn't think about it, like in that aspect of pitchers just fucking being dogged out there and like having yeah. to probably and honestly be in better shape. Like you don't get those breathers. You're just firing, 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 yeah. firing, firing, and your wait, arm is going to deplete. Yeah, wait till it's the middle of summer. Yeah, I can't degrees wait and sunny on a Sunday. Like I, the other yeah. thing too, like someone brought up, and even like watching the World Baseball Classic, the th- the theatrics of baseball. Like look in these big time moments. Look at Bryce Harper's home run to send the Phillies to the World Series. Like that was well over twenty seconds. But it's the pitcher yeah. getting ready, him getting the signs, Bryce doing his little thing, looking at the bat. The crowd gets into it more and more. Like we yeah. saw in the World Baseball Classic, Trout against Otani. Everyone settled down. Like this is what. This is what we came for. Like, it yeah. just builds the anticipation. Somebody brought up a good point. Like, in the playoffs, that pitch clock should probably be turned off. Like, you need to get rid of it in the more important games that the postseason is, where, mm. again, nobody's really complaining about the time anyway. Like, you, I think it's time that we should turn it off for the postseason. Wow, you're definitely going to have – it's going to fucking happen at some point. If they keep this forever, it's going to happen to where a World Series is won, man on third. That's exactly. Can you imagine? Can you, <laughs> you imagine on, like, a strike three call because you weren't looking at the pitcher with eight seconds left? Holy shit, I didn't think about that. Oh, my God. I would fucking – that's when you just throw a fucking kick to the ump in his fucking chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's when you get one of those. That's, that's a that's when you see Philly burn down if it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm with it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Hey, man. Anything else you want to speak on, brother? No. No. Again, opening day. Then we got Final Four this weekend. Final Four is going to be an exciting episode uh, next week to, to speak about. Hey, man. Continue to support the uh, In Those We Trust Network on YouTube. We are finally on Apple, um, not Apple, um, Amazon Podcast as well. Uh, so we're on Amazon Podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Everywhere you can get podcasts from. Follow us on the Instagram at we trust uh, underscore podcast. Follow Liam on the Instagram at Liam Stokes 11. Yes, sir. Trust. All right.